With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. everybody welcome to episode number four of taking stock tonight we are going to be taking stock of shill bidding in the hobby i want to thank everybody who joined us for episode three which was two weeks ago where we took stock uh what did we take stock of last time dennis was that buying the card not the grade that's what buying the card or buying the grade either which way you want to go about it that's what we talked about last time tonight we are talking about Shill bidding. My name is Jeremy Lee. It is Tuesday, June the 13th, 2023. That is DPZ, Dennis Zender. What's going on, Dennis? Hello, friends. I am good. Jeremy, this is a very hot topic. I know a lot of people that are very passionate about it for very good reasons. So I'm excited to talk about it tonight. As am I. Well, welcome everybody to the show. Looks like people are packing in pretty quick. So as always, guys, on any any live stream that I am involved in, your comments, your questions are in play. And I think we're going to be counting on you. We're going to be looking for some opinions on some things tonight. So feel free to put your questions and comments in the chat. We'll get to as many of them as we can. Let's try to stay on topic tonight. And uh, we're going to we're going to get into it. We're going to start off right now. And, uh, you know, Dennis, you and I, we, we've bounced about we've bounced around the idea. We've talked about shill bidding decided kind of what structure we wanted for the show tonight. And so let's show you, we're going to talk about reasons people shill bid. It might seem obvious, but we're going to talk about reasons why people shill bid, or they might want to. We're going to talk about as a buyer, how can you recognize shill bidding? We're going to talk about consignment sellers and how they are ripe for their consigners to shill bid their consigned items. I think everybody recognizes that. We're going to talk about how we feel when we're bidding on an item that may or may not have a shill bid uh, on the item, and you know that's something that we want to acquire. And uh, and then comps. How does this? How do how do shill bids affect comps, and therefore the market? Dennis, does that seem comprehensive to you? It, it does. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about it at, at a depth, and we're going to need your your comments, folks. And this is that drives the whole tr- it drives the car for us on all these episodes. So please be very lively. I know everybody has an opinion on this topic, and and we want to hear from you. So please. Uh, make sure you're you're commenting and, and participating in this episode because um, I think you know this to me. I you know we'll get to it, but I think it's criminal criminal behavior, and I'd love to talk. We're going to uncover why. Well, and and like let's jump right in right there for a second, Dennis, because before we went live, I asked I asked the question. I said, "Is shill bidding illegal?" So what did I do? I went to Google and I went to Chat GPT and I asked the question and. I'm just going to pull it up right here and share it with you guys right here. Uh, the question was, what is shill bidding? And then down here, 
Uh, the question is, is shill bidding illegal? And it says shill bidding may also be considered a form of wire fraud, which is federal offense under 18 U.S. Code 1343. So, you know, I think it's fair to say that it is illegal. Also ask ChatGPT what it is and uh, and is shill bidding illegal? And it gave us some responses there. I encourage you all to perhaps go and type those questions in yourself if you want to get, you know, that kind of internet opinion on things. Uh, before we jump in, let's go to the comments. Let's go to the comments. The professor is here. 100% attendance record. 90s hockey. What's going on? Collector's dream. Mike Petty, I like that you guys are taking stock. Yes, we are. Philly Joe, good evening to you. What is the score in the game? I've been so busy tonight. I Last I saw it was 2-1, to one, and now it is still 2-1, to one, it looks like, for mm -hmm. Vegas. Mike Petty says, just like Orlando is taking stock on me. Good evening, CC. What's going on? Roan Wood says eBay is riddled with shilling. I think everybody knows that. No surprises yeah. there. Vintage says, uh, yeah, why is Dustin? Because uh, because Dennis is now, take he's taken his trade over to that channel, the Sports Card Dad channel. Uh, Hello, God is great from the Rising Sun Japan. Mike, yeah, that's a good point, Mike. We Be careful. We encourage you to, to post and comment, guys, but maybe don't repeat questions or comments other people have because we are going to uh, try and get to all the different ones that we can for sure. 6-1. Oh, my gosh. It's 6-1. The game is over. End of the second period. Thank you, nobody. I appreciate that. And Jeff McMahon, very much. Okay. So, let's get into it. People, why do people shill bid in the first place? I mean, obviously, it's to get more money for their cards. If you are, if you are listing a card on eBay and you don't like where it's at, you might go in and put a bid on your card with a different account. Or you might have somebody do it for you. Bad, don't do that. What do you do, right? Don't be doing that. Obviously, it is bad. But that's one of the reasons why, why people do it. And then I said to Dennis the other day, I said, well, isn't shill bidding similar to having like a silent, like an unethical, a sneaky reserve? Remember reserves back in the day? eBay used to have reserves all the time. The reserve right. seems to have seemed to have gone away a lot because... Reserves chase people away from an auction, it seems like to me a lot of the time. But what are your thoughts, Dennis? Because in my mind, I look at it like, well, it's sort of, it's unethical. It's sneaky. It's bad. I don't I don't condone it, endorse it, uh, want anyone to do it. But that's kind of what it practically acts as is a reserve. What do you think of that, Dennis? What does the chat think of that? Is it sort of like that? And I'm not saying it's a good, reserves are good. Reserves are legal. There's nothing wrong with them. But is it? like a reserve no i don't think so at all i think no matter how you spin it it's it's criminal it's it's deceitful fraudulent behavior um unless you have a an intention which this is where it's this, this is where it gets really slippery and tricky if your pure intention is to buy the card i'm not talking yeah i want to i want to i want to drive it up and, and then i'll buy it if, if i happen to get it because i'm going to be a, you know i'll be you know i'll be the, the man with integrity here and i'll pay for it I mean, if you are bidding on an item, you should it, it, it should be because you want to own it, not because you're trying to price protect it, not because you're trying to make sure someone else doesn't get it. Um, if you're just that's different, different though, Dennis. I'm I'm talking about when you're bidding on your own card, not when you're bidding on some. You're talking about bidding on someone else's card. Oh, your own card? No. Yeah. If I you're shill, if you're because not. that's that's yeah. what shilling is. No. Shilling is really bidding on your own card, not somebody else's. That that's price protection. Two different. We'll get to that. We'll get Shilling. to that. All right, all right. 
show bidding, I would say no. I, I don't think there's. I don't think it's ever, ever okay to bid on your own card. Ever. I'm not okay. So you're 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 misunderstanding my question. What I'm trying to get at is, is if a if a if a if the owner of a card is going to bid on their own card or have someone else do it for them, all I'm saying. This is all I'm saying. I'm not talking about legality. Is it practically having the same effect as a reserve would have? So my my point in all this is. Why not just put a reserve on the auction? Well, yeah, that's what that's well, that's what I mean. Like, if you want it to be a reserve, then it needs to be publicly known that this is the reserve, so everybody knows that's playing along. Here's the price. And that's why price. I said it's sneaky and it's, it's unethical. It's but in price, essence, it's, yes, it's a price you have in your head that you think the reserve could be that could change in any moment, and that anybody who's bidding on that card would not know of, and they, they don't know that they're not. I feel like right. transparency is the key in all this. You need to be transparent with your 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 base, of course. Of course. And that's why reserves exist because reserves are a way and eBay allows you to do this. A lot of consignment sellers will, will allow you to do it. You say to them, Hey, I want the, I want you to sell this card, but I don't want to let it go for less than a hundred dollars. So please put a hundred dollar reserve on it. But started at 99 cents. Right. And if it doesn't hit a hundred, it's not going to sell. That's my reserve. Now the same, the same person could have said to the consignment seller who's selling it on their behalf, no, don't put a reserve on there. We're going to let it go. But I'm going to get somebody else who I know to put a bid on this item for me at $100. And if it doesn't sell at more than that, well, then we're going to, me or my buddy or whoever is going to have to pay you for that item and pay the fees and all that. So my point being is that I've always looked at when I'm bidding on a card and I know what I want to pay for that card. Let's say let's say the card is is generally worth $100, but you know, I'm willing to pay up to 110 because I want the darn card. Well, let's say someone put in a shill bid of 100 bucks. Well, I'm going to pay 110. Do I as the buyer am I going to really get all bent out of shape that somebody shilled me up to 100 and I'm going to pay 10250 on eBay or whatever it might be because I wanted like I would have paid that anyway if it was a reserve. So, that's kind of what I what I'm what I'm getting at. Like is is a shill bid simp like behaving? And again, I'm not condoning this. That's what, what what I don't want to be misunderstood here for. Is it behaving practically as a sneaky and unethical reserve? So I wonder. I wonder. Mm, I don't know. I, I every it just it's, it just doesn't seem. I don't. I just believe you're you're, you're getting into the into the ethics of it and not the practical. I'm being practical here. I'm saying. Like iconic baseball right here says shilling functionally. And that's what I'm getting at. Functionally is a free unethical way to set a reserve. That's all I'm trying to get at. I'm trying to explain to people what, why, why, why a seller of a card would shill and what they're trying to accomplish. And I'm saying, listen, you can accomplish the same thing a little bit differently and very ethically by setting a reserve. So if you're out right. there watching this right now and you might think, you know, I've shilled auctions in the past or I'm going to shill an auction later. My own, you're like your own item, not somebody else's. That's a different thing. Just set a reserve. Well, just let's let's see. CC actually, let's let's highlight CC's comment. Just my opinion, a bit. If you bid on your own card, it is like a reserve, and they actually bid and pay. Is it really that bad? I mean, that's kind of in essence what you're saying. Well, it is that bad because, and this is where I'm with you, Dennis. And I'm not. We're not against each other. I'm just trying to make sure we're understanding. Is that it is? I think it is that bad, CC, because. That's what a reserve is for. Otherwise, you're actually trying to mislead the other bidders and you're tricking them. You're, you're trying to push it up. It's your own item. You can't, you know, I can't just buy a pen from myself, take five bucks out of one pocket and put it in the other. 
Nothing's changed. There's been no accounting entry for that particular transaction. So I think I think it is that bad if you are bidding on your own item and paying for it. I don't because I know consignment sellers don't want their 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 clients doing that. So I think that that's I think we're on the same page now. I think the chat's on the page on the same page with us. Mitch here says with a reserve you need two people to bid that price, but with a shill you only need one. Yeah, but it depends on the system, right? It depends on, on the bidding system and how what the increments are and all that. I think you still kind of need two people to put it up because if the current bid is fifty and someone puts a shill bid in of a ninety nine ninety nine, let's say, well, the bid's still only going to show fifty two fifty. So I wonder. I wonder. Um, go ahead, Dennis, please. I I, I don't know. I, I just feel, I, so. I guess we're just trying to understand the reasoning behind someone who's using it as a way to arrive at a reserve for their card. And well, we're trying to, we're trying to understand the thought process behind someone who does do that. So if there's anyone in the room that does that, they feel better knowing that, Hey, I, we, I guess we kind of understand you're not your intention. If we're trying to understand it is not to be fraudulent. You're just trying to, you know, set a reserve without being transparent about it, but you're trying to set a reserve and this is the way you're going about doing it versus actually it, putting one out there. But it's fraudulent if you're I, if you're killing. I just I'm just I, that's why I, I keep coming back to that. I'm like, it doesn't matter. You shouldn't do it. No, and I'm not. That's that's yeah. why I, I that's why I prefaced yeah. it by saying I know we're on the same page, but I feel like we're trying to understand the mindset, right? Okay, I guess if you did it this way, maybe you're not trying to commit fraud. You're not sitting here, you know, telling your buddy over here to go pay up on this card, and if you win it, great, I'll pay you for it. Just in case, so I want to make sure somebody else pays a bit more than you. And if someone pays $25 more than you, then you know what? The admission accomplished. I got my card paid for at a higher number. But that person, and it could be any of us at any given time, this is where I get frustrated, might have been that person that overpaid for $25. We don't know all the stuff that was going on behind the scenes. And now we got a card that's price is probably inflated. Yeah, we wanted it. And we're big boys and girls. And we spend the money and, and nobody else can, you know, no one's pressing the button for us. Our cat's not doing it. You know, the little, you know, the like a uh, goldfish cracker that jumped out of your hand didn't jump down and hit the bid button. I mean, we've seen that stuff on card porn, all those crazy excuses. I, I still think that it's, it's just, it le once your card goes down in value or you realize the next card sells for much, much less, that guy, that person walks away with their profit. You're left with the card that's, you overpaid for. Now, if it's a card you really love, it goes back to our last episode that you don't see very often, then sometimes you can justify and go, well, it is what it is. But sometimes, no matter what, I feel like it just, that sucks, man. Sorry, that just suck. sucks. It does suck. So here, Rod Jamison says, for sure it acts as a reserve and buyers need to set a limit they're willing to spend. You cannot stop shill bidding. Onus is on the buyer to protect themselves. This is exactly what I think and how I feel and how I approach my own bidding at auctions is, listen, I know for a fact with the amount of cards I've bought on eBay, I've been shilled for sure. And at the end of the day, I buy those cards because I want them. And if someone shilled me up 20, 25 bucks, 20, 250, 500, depending on what it is, I don't know really, I don't know about it. And to be honest, I'm not going to sit there and I'm not going to sleuth it out because I want that card and I've paid what I was prepared to pay and the seller didn't want to let it go for less. So I'm going to buy the card, have it, have a mail day and enjoy having that card in my collection. Now, am I being silly? I could have saved 250 bucks or 
$25 if I wasn't shilled? Yeah, but, but I was, and there's no way around it. You, it's like, it's like, it's like Rod says, you cannot stop it. So I think one of the takeaways really for, for everybody is that if you, if you want to avoid being shilled when you are bidding on an item, don't bid on any items because you cannot, I don't think you can completely protect yourself from it as many, as much as eBay and their consignment sellers have controls in place, like checking IP addresses for bids and like checking bid frequency with the same bidders, which we see people doing all the time, zero feedback bids, all of these things. You know, sometimes with a zero feedback bid, if you see a bunch of those on an auction you want, maybe you have a case against against eBay. Maybe you do. I'm not yeah. sure. I've never maybe one up. I, I, you just said 200. I, mean, I think it, and then sometimes maybe it, there's a comment in there about if it's a little, let me see where that comment is. Um, let's see. It was before Tom Grant started telling us we should have done more research. Um, okay. Wait here. If, gosh, I, I think I lost it. There's too many really good ones in here, but there was one about how if you go up slowly with increments, then maybe it's not as easy. It's not as hard to get hurt and it's easy to, easy to digest and more people can make decisions. But, Here's what I'll say. You say $250 shill. Okay. You, maybe you're shill $250 on a bigger card or a card you wanted. No, it's all relative to the person and how much money they have to spend on said card. But it, you know, sometimes people are shilling up probably thousands and thousands of dollars. And when you get hurt like that, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think you're going, well, oh, well, you know, I mean, I think you're upset, right? It leaves a real bad taste in your mouth. And I'm personally pretty frustrated by it because I know you, you and I both talk about this. And you, who knows? There's, there could have been multiple times in the past few years that we've been shilled. Who knows? But, you know, to think that I've been shilled on a card for more than a thousand dollars, that pisses me off. You know what I mean? And I, I get it's, it's I guess it's the game you play and the risk you take. But I'm just it just pisses me off. Well, that's just it. I mean, it, it it's going to piss you. It's going to piss me off, too, when I get shilled. But I'm going to be I'm probably going to be happier that I own the card than sad that I got shilled because I knew what I was willing to pay. And I and I got that card. So at the end of the day, what what am, what what are you going to do? What can you do? Open up a claim against eBay, perhaps ha- open up an event, call people out on social media. We see that all the time. That's great. If you have time to do that, have at her. Right. I mean, Call out zero feedback anonymous bidders. I don't know where that's going to get you, though. That's the thing. I just don't know where it's going to get you. And I'm not, listen, I don't like being shilled, but I know I have been because I've been on eBay since 1999. So, well, yeah, you've been there long, longer than I have, obviously. But I, I just wonder is there a, you know, obviously buy it now, best offer. You can bin cards, you can best offer cards. Uh, yeah, if, if there's a lot of them out there, let's do a couple comments here because I want to get to the, other side of this which is what you were talking about mitch says is creating an intentional fake comp a form of shill bidding or is that a separate type of unethical hobby foul so now i think he's talking about what we refer to as price protection which i believe is a form of market manipulation you know but then you got to ask yourself so this is now you're bidding on somebody else's card it's not a card it's not the copy of a card you own but maybe you own another copy of the same card and you want to price protect the copy that you have. So you're going to put in bids on, on a third, an arm's length party's card to drive up the price on it. But with that, what happens? Well, you risk that you're going to have to buy that card. And if you're going to buy that card, and if, you, if you're going to put in a, a, not a shill bid, but what I call a price protection bid, then you have to know that, well, if you're going to bid, you have to buy the card. You have to be willing to buy the card. And in, in looking up the definition of shill bidding, 
it actually says where you do not, in, well, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's several definitions, but the definition that I found uh, said that shill bidding intentionally fake bidding by a seller on his or her own auction to inflate the final price. But you, if you are if you are intending to buy the card, then it's not a shill bid, but it is still price protection, but you're going to own the card. So Mitch's comment here, is that now a fake comp? Well, no, you were willing to pay that price. You price protected, but it's not a fake comp because you paid for it and you now own the card. But it's still not something that I think you're going to sleep well at night if you do. Well, I think you kind of run down that, you go down a different path. Now, now we're talking about price protection. I mean, how good are you going to feel if you have to sit here and price protect all your cards to make sure you feel better about your card ladder valuation? I mean, I guess you can go down that road. Or, and like you and I talked about this in, earlier, it could be you're, you, you, you're, you see a great deal. Hey, I want to pick up a second copy of this because I feel like this is a terrific opportunity to grab one at a, at a discount. There's that too. I like, uh, Cage says uh, he's got a hot take. Um, within the last 72 hours, um, every joke, except joke, 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 God, terrible. After the championship has been shilled. So he just thinks that every one of them has been shilled. You might be right. I mean, holy smokes. I um, wonder about that kind of activity around a, cha- a, 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 a milestone moment for a player's cards. Well, I mean, the, the thing about Jokic is that he's probably had more eyes on his cards on eBay last night than he has in years. So are they shilled? I don't know. I mean, maybe some sell, but listen to Cage's point. Yeah. Maybe those sellers are thinking, Oh, we're going to, we're going to catch uh, we're going to, we're going to catch some, some newbies here who don't really know. So let's bid them up. Um, almost to say almost every Oakage sale is, is in the last 72 or in the 72 hours after the championship is shilled. Uh, that's a lot. What's almost every, is that 95%? Like that's a lot. I, I would, I would dispute that percentage, but I think there's probably a good chunk of them. That I think he's right. Probably a good chunk of them were because you've got a lot of almost, you can call them suckers who maybe don't know the difference. So. Yeah. True. True. Uh, yeah. Lots of guys. Yeah. There's lots of comments. Let's yeah, just, we're not, we, here we are asking for comments and now we're just simply not going to be able to, uh, to keep up with all of them. But uh, I did, I did star a couple of them here. Uh, first of all, collector's dream. You should not be allowed to bid on your own card. Obviously, that's the whole, that's exactly what we're talking about, about here tonight. Uh, Mike Pacman says, shield bidding is bad when it comes to comps because Card Ladder and other tracking de- tracking services don't track paid for sales. Shills bid on, I assume most shills aren't paid for. Well, I don't know. I got, I got to say, from what I understand about Card Ladder, they actually do, uh, they do actually try to make sure as best as they can. I don't know what their process is that cards are paid for. So, um, but I guess that's going to be tough a lot of the time as well. There's uh, only so much, there's only so much they can do. There's only, there's only, I mean, there's so many sales that come in. I, I know they work hard at trying to, to, to verify as many as they can, but that's, that's really difficult to do. So it's hard to, to, you know, I don't know. It, well, you're right. I, I think it's easier with, with a non eBay, but on eBay, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to do that. But on non eBay auction houses, I think it's a lot easier because a lot of auction houses will remove that comp from their database if Correct. it's not paid. And Card Ladder has a relationship with these auction houses. And I, I believe, I, I'm, I'm somewhat speculating, but I think I've heard Chris say that they will, they can make an inquiry and say, did this card get paid for? And then go from there uh, and take it out of their database, which I think is a great service to the hobby. Uh, CC here says, if someone shows their own card and pays for it, 
they will be out the seller commission. So that is the cost to them for shilling their item. Yeah, it's like a gamble, right? If you're gonna you're gonna gamble that you're gonna have to pay that commission, and now you know you're you're out 15% of the value of the card. Now you gotta you gotta sell it next time. It's probably gonna go for less because now you've got another lower comp on the books, lower than you want. So I mean, shilling is is I think for shill bidders and people who make a habit of it, it's got to be very risky for them. So, but but price. Go ahead, go ahead, Dennis. No, go ahead. Keep going. Continue your thought. I, I just wanted to touch on the whole price protection thing again. Uh, Tom Grant here says shill bidding is not a reserve. No, nobody said it was Grant. Uh, Tom, um, nobody said it was a reserve. Uh, it is fraudulent activity as a crime. Yeah, completely agree with that. Definitely, Mike Petty. No, I don't like being shilled up, but I but I will still pay for my auctions if I win them because I won't bid more <laughs> than I want to pay or that I feel a card is worth. So. But, you know, no one's going to shill me way more than I'm comfortable paying for a card. I think that's, I think a lot of people are like, don't you guys operate that way? Like, yeah, I mean, don't you guys know that, don't you guys know that shilling exists and that, and that you just have to be careful with what you are willing to bid? Yeah, I, I think so. Hobby with Cage. So new playbook, trim the card. He, I think Cage is going to wrap all our episodes into one statement. They'll tr- trim the card, then sell it, then shill the auction up. Awesome. Love this hobby. I mean, ah, you know, it's just like there's so much stuff. I, 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 I do think there are some people, and I know Cage and his his program doesn't he doesn't do this, but there's a lot of folks out here just focus on all this stuff. And they're like, you know, the the new J, the, the critical, you know, journalists. Um, what do you call it? Investigative journalism that's happening in our hobby. And it's like if you if you listen to too much of that stuff, man, you're just you're never going to want to buy a card ever again. You're going to be nervous about all of it. And I don't blame you, but there has to be some trust, you know, and there's some transparency and integrity involved in all of this. And you're spending the kind of money people are spending. I mean, I don't know. I, the price protection conversation is very interesting, though, because. You kind of wonder where is the market really truly at? Is the market true? I mean, when you look at liquid cards, is that going on, or is it the high end cards? Maybe, maybe, maybe not cards that don't that don't hit auction very often. Well, here, I look at look at look at Lon's comment right here. Kind of what you're saying. It's hard to claim shill bidding on cards that everybody wants, but I think there is more shilling on auctions on well break spots. I, I don't follow break spot auctions, so I can't even speak to that. Mm-hmm. Um, that. A whole different whole different uh segment of the industry i think jeff hart makes a good comment here the only way i know how to comment or to combat is to snipe bid at the end i mean that and that's how i bid i put in my bid in the last five seconds of an auction that's the only time i really bid once in a while before if i want to make sure i don't miss something but that's how i bid and and if and then i walk away like that's it if i get outbid it's very it's once in a while i'll you know how, how ebay it'll pop up three options i'll sit there and hit it again in case and I've done that a couple of times and the next bid is way more than I want to pay. And if you pay way more than you want to, that's happened to me a couple of times. So I've learned that lesson and try not to, you know, make that mistake again. But once in a while you do, once in a while you do. Here's a, here's a very, in the other side of the argument, average Joe card collector. He says, I think this is blown blown way out of water. This would not have happened to the 11.25 people are spending. I'm not really sure what that means. You act like it happens every other purchase when it's probably never happened to anyone shill bidding I don't, I don't know if i get behind that i mean i, I don't think either. it probably happens way more than we think but i don't think it's happening all the time i'd like to think it's not happening all the time and i think it depends on the kind of cards you're going after that's a really popular car like the lucas silver prism psa 10 i mean you know maybe that's one that that's targeted i, I don't know if 
if you know if it's a it's a rare card. Uh, but then Roan Wood says, got shilled on a vintage hockey card by $1,000 last week, but it's a PSA 10 pop too. I'd ask, how did you know you got shilled though? That's another topic we could dive into. How do well, you know you're being shilled? It is because listen, everybody started at zero feedback at one time or another. I'll sometimes put like I'll sometimes put in a bid that I fear can look like a shill bid. Like if I want to buy a card and I don't want to pay a hundred bucks for it, but I'll put in a bid of $99.99, you know, because I, I'll let someone else have it for a hundo. But I'll, I'll pay. I'll pay just under. So I'll put in a bid once in a while of ninety nine ninety nine or forty nine dollars ninety nine cents or nineteen ninety nine point nine nine, whatever it is. And then if someone's willing to pay two grand on it, well, then they can have it or more, you know. And that. So my my point there is that not all bids that might look like shill bids, because I'm not the only one that would bid like that. Obviously, other people are going to do it too. If I'm thinking it, someone else is probably thinking that too. So not every bid that looks like a shill bid is going to be a shill bid. However. If you see a bunch of low feedback bidders chipping away at the bids, like zeros and ones and two feedback, it's a, probably a good chance that there is some funny business going on there because how often do two zero feedback bidders come in on a card and chip away at it? Now, listen, it's going to be it's going to be legitimate. Sometimes that will be a legitimate, an actual legitimate uh, bidding pattern and, and bidding behaviors. but Oftentimes, I think it's going to be uh, shill. And the comment that we had before of, you know, I think it's hap- It's probably never happened to anybody. Well, no. I, I if you only if you only buy two cards a year on eBay, let's say, you're probably not getting shilled. Your chances are lower. Your oh, chances yeah. are lower. Absolutely. But if you're buying thirty cards a month. You're gonna. I mean, it's a numbers game. It's just a numbers game, like everything, right? You're gonna be. You're gonna be the victim of a shell. You, but the the thing is, you probably won't even know it. So, but I do. You. We keep trying to go back to the 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 market manipulation. So that's when you're bidding on somebody else's card. Now, what do you guys think? Is that if you are going to bid on somebody else's card because you own a copy of a card and you paid five grand for it? And now there's one up for bid. It's ending in, in, in 90 seconds and the bid's at $3,500. Like, I don't want to, I don't want there to be a $3,500 comp on this card that I bought two months ago for five grand. So I'm going to bid 4,100 because I'll buy another one at 4,100. And maybe I'll even bid 4,900, get as close to my original buying. Like I'm, I'm going to dollar cost average down very little bit at a time, but right. I'm going to bring that, I'm going to bring that comp up as close to five grand as I can. And now I've got two copies. of. Now I might win and own two copies of the card. Is that a bad thing? If you're willing to pay the price, you're willing to bid on it. I have a feeling, Dennis, that some people in the hobby are going to say that's bad. That's bad. Your market, you're manipulating the market. But if you're willing to pay the cost of that card, are you really doing something unethical? And I'm really, honestly, I'm not sure where I land on this one. I, I, I think you're manipulating the market when you do that. Even if you intend to keep the card and want it and you'll sell it later, you're still creating a comp for the card that isn't accurate, actually true because you already have one. So if you take yourself out of the mix, what that what's that card going to sell for? Say it's between you and another person that bid it up to five thousand dollars, but everybody else kind of got out of the out of the pool at about thirty five hundred. I've watched this happen in a couple auctions because you know my buddy Joey's been selling a bunch of his Griffies, and you can see, you know, everybody was really active up to about this number thirty five hundred dollars. It sells for eight. But really, you know, me and another guy were going after it for a while. And if I would have dipped out and I wanted the card, don't get me wrong, I'm willing to pay for it because I, I wanted it. I didn't have it. 
but I dipped out because I just wanted, I didn't want to keep paying any, because you kind of look back and this is, this is just probably very normal auction behavior too, in a way when there's a card that's really popular, it's like 150 watchers. I mean, it checks all the boxes, right? But you go up to a certain point, it's just between you and another person. And I'll use this. I, I'm giving Cage a lot of love here, but Cage always says it just takes two people to drive up a price of a card that really want it at the end of the day in an auction. So if you're just going just, against another person, you keep walking up. Right? Every, everybody says that for the record. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sure, yeah. I, I, I heard it from him because I'm, you know, I'm new to, the, new to the hobby, right? But in essence, yeah, it takes two people to kind of drive it up. You drive it up, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're – but I think there's that number where you're, you're kind of like, okay, everybody stopped participating here, right? I almost feel like – so if you are driving somebody else up the, up the number – then if you got out of the way, that person probably wins the card where you were like, I wasn't even going to play here. So the card would have sold for 3,500 instead of eight. But now that card's worth eight as a comp. You have two of them, but really it's probably only worth 3,500 because that other guy was only willing to pay 3,500 or other gal. Does that make sense? Well, it does. It does accept that if you're going to bid 4,900, somebody had to bid 4,800 to get you to, to, to 49. Otherwise you're going to win it for 36. And now you just dollar cost average down quite nicely for your, for your holdings. So yeah, that's you know, true. I guess that's true. That's somebody else has to have bid you up in that case. Now, now, now here, here's another layer. Here's another layer to all this though. So let's say you're going to go the whole, you're going to go the extra level and you're going to say to somebody else, Hey, listen, I bought this card for five grand two months ago. There's one at $3,500 on eBay right now. I want to make sure it sells for at least $4,800. I'm going to put in a bid of $4,800. I need you to now go in and put a bid of $4,700 to make sure that my bid is lifted. So I'm actually going to ask you to cost me money to save my first card's value. I mean, I, I can see that happening out there. That to me is now collusion, market manipulation. That's not, that I think is, is wrong, unethical. But let's yeah. go to a couple of comments here, Dennis, because we have some sure. coming in on this. Stone yeah. Collector says, as long as you pay, it's not unethical. That, that I can get behind that. Average Joe says, you would need another, this is what I was just saying, you would need another bidder in that scenario. If you have another bidder, then it's all good. Someone who's willing to pay 48, you're going to pay 49. I, I, that makes sense. And I, I think I can get behind that one. Mitch says, why is the comp not true? You were willing to pay 49 for it and you won it and kept it. I don't understand what's wrong with this. Yeah, no, Mitch, that's why we're asking because I think that that makes some sense to me that if you're willing to pay the price, and again, we're talking, this is not shill bidding now. This is market manipulation. It's bidding on other arm's length parties card. Everyone understands not arm's length and arm's length, right? If you're bidding on an arm's length card, then, and you're willing to pay for it, if you're not willing to pay for it, now you're shilling, I believe. You're shilling someone else's auction. But let let me say this though. I think it's, Okay, so and you see some comments in here. Is it really that bad to buy another one if, if you wanted to buy multiple copies? It's a free market, whatever. Yeah, but if your intention is to try to, to, to protect the price, ultimately, you don't really want... Did you wake up that morning going, I, I want a second copy of this card? Or you're like, I want to make sure I protect the price of this card, so I'm going to get another one. If I get another one, that's great. I'll pay for it. I've got the money. Who cares? But is that really the true number of the card? I, I guess I, I guess I don't understand. Maybe you guys can... I'm, like, I'm the novice here. Remember, I'm the novice here. Um, but, but just pretend, but I'm also a banker. So I'm trying to understand this from like a credit standpoint or from like a, an ethical standpoint, um, financially. Okay. If I stop playing, it's my card. I already have it. I'm not, it's obviously not my card we're selling, right? The arm length, arm's length, but you, you see this card, maybe you can get a second one. If I stopped bidding at that $3,500 mark, 
and the other person that was willing to go all the way up to eight with me, let's just pretend I don't, obviously I don't know that in the time, but if I stop there and they win the card at four, but I could have just played along and bid that person all the way up to eight. Yeah, truly, I guess it is eight because that person was willing to pay that much to get that card. So technically that's the comp. I get it. But is it really the comp? Because I kind of manipulated that. Well, think about it this way. Instead of, instead of, because this is the it's this this is another way of the of the buyer the the price protector rationalizing and 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 approaching it and saying instead of saying I want to protect my last copy at five grand I'm going to say oh I can get another copy at under five grand now well, I'm going to I'm going to bid forty nine hundred and hope that I get it for as close to thirty five as possible and I'm going to pay for it and I'm going to try and get a great deal but I paid five grand for one why not pay thirty four thirty sorry forty nine or forty eight hundred or less for the second copy. Like, look at CC's comment here. Is buying multiple copies of a card really bad as long as you pay for it? In real life, people yeah. buy multiple items of many things. If the price is right, this extends to beyond cards. Does that change? Do those comments kind of change your thoughts at all, Dennis? No, no. Here's why. Because now, okay, let's pretend that we do that little exercise and I I, I play along and we, we, we drive that price of that card up to $8,000. I'm using this example to keep my consistent... Sure. feeling about this okay so the eight thousand dollars is what it sells for i already have it and i wanted to protect that price because let's pretend that's what i paid for it okay now that person walks away happy they got their card they see you know my feedback being you know in 800s it's not a lot but it's enough to probably not warrant any concern okay so now they walk away with the card now the card um goes for sale and you know bobby down the street wants the same card now he has to pay more than eight in his mind or whoever's selling it th- is thinking they're going to get more than eight. or maybe somebody who has the card goes wow i just sold for eight grand i'm gonna sell it now and now the card's gonna go jump a higher than eight thousand dollars the next sale and someone's paying for paying more than what they probably should have paid because the card was already sort of not shilled up but was was driven up artificially and so now you got this card that's worth way more than it probably should be worth because of from a, from a comp that was set by someone who paid for it, but that was artificially drove, driven up. I, I have a hard time with that. I, I feel well, bad for the other person too. And it, I think it just trickles down, doesn't it? Am I wrong? Am well, I the only well, one that thinks this way? I'm just curious. You're onto something really good here. We had a comment on it, which I'll bring up in a, in a moment, but I still can't, I if I'm going to bid on, let's say I own a, 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 a good, a cool rare card out of 50, a PMG or, or out of 100, whatever it might be. And I want to, I paid, I paid whatever that my, my number is five grand. And I think, listen, I don't want to see the next one sell for 3,500. I'm going to bid more and I'm going to buy, buy it myself. And yes, in my mind, I'm price protecting, but am I doing anything unethical if I'm going to pay for that item? I mean, it's a, it's an open market. I can bid on whatever I want for whatever reason I want, unless it's my own card. That's where I certainly draw the line. I think we, I think everybody here agrees you cannot bid on your own cards. It's illegal. It's wire fraud in many cases. That's that's black and white. Price protection is a bit more of an interesting conversation. Let's do a couple of comments. The one on the screen right now, you are setting the comp. This is what you were saying, Dennis. You're setting the comp, but does it really mean that that's the market value of the card? Or does it? I mean, and with the all with a hmm, maybe it does because you are willing to pay the price again. You are willing to. That means that's what it was worth at that time, or potentially what it was worth. Okay, I think that's that's, that's, that's and that's fine. Sorry to interrupt, you, Jeremy. I, Jeremy. I think that's fine if it's like a pop two, and you want the second copy. Mm, I don't know if that if that and I hear what you're now saying. You, but I don't now know if you that is a, 
I don't know if that's a determining factor, but let's go to some more comments here. CC, uh, yeah, we did that one. Mitch says, my opinion is if you make a perfectly legal, honest bid and you have no connection to the listing, i.e. an arm's length transaction, it doesn't matter what your intentions are. I mean, yeah. that's a that's a that's somewhat of an aggressive position to take in this, you know, in, in the mood of the, of the discussion so far. But yeah. he's not wrong. There's nothing illegal about what he's doing. Is it unethical? Unethical. No, I, not I think, everything that's illegal. Not everything that's legal is is ethical in our world. So. Fair enough. Uh, but here's what you were getting to before. LGC says price protection can't last forever. Like how many copies of the card are you going to be able to price protect before you're out of money? So you are lo- you are taking a risk that you can sell the same price protected pr- at a at a at the price protected price or higher at a later time. So, but, yeah, but, he's, mean, but, but Jeremy, he's protecting. That's that's if you win the card. What about the person who wins the card and bids over you? Now they have the card, but you were, willing to pay. you were willing to pay your price. The price though, someone was willing to pay more. So that person might've been me. Let's say I now paid, I now paid 50, okay. 39, 50 or whatever, 49, 50 for my card instead of yeah. 4,900. But I was willing, I put in that bid. If I'm anytime Jeremy Lee puts a bid on, in on eBay, that item gets paid for no matter what. If I get shilled, if I don't get shilled, I pay for my cards on eBay. I've never, ever in 24 years, not paid for a card on eBay. Wow. Well, why would uh, I? We have Jeremy Friesen. He's so passionate about this. Uh, Oh, he's still going. I don't know. Have I, am I, am I frozen? I I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Um, Okay. Let's keep, let's keep on going here. Can someone tell me in the chat, if you can hear me, please. One comment from the chat. I can hear you, by the way. Oh, you got me? Okay. Okay. You're good. You're good. All right. Let's uh, let's talk a bit about. Um, oh, we got so many good comments here. Oh, amazing! Um, amazing. All right, let's just take let's just take a breather for a second. Thank you, Ed. <laughs> I appreciate that. Okay, what about what about this? What about this, guys? We touched on it earlier with comps and all that. Shill bids when now not price protection because I think at the end of the day, price protection bids. No one is going to um, come like you. No one has a claim against you. Like, yeah, you can say, "Oh, it's a price protection bid," but you bought the card, you paid for it. There's no recourse on that. So, but in the case of shill bidding, and I'm not saying it's ethical, Dennis. I mean, this is a debate. It's a it's a discussion. If some people think it's ethical, some people think it's it's not ethical. That's fine. But but shill bids have an effect on the market. In the event that they are not removed from the from the, the the comp database, and you know, we've seen a lot of big sales in the last three years, a lot of them, and we've seen a lot of uh, private deals in the last three years where you know you hear about someone buying a I'm I'm not going to call out any specific de- any specific deal because I don't know if it was if it was nefarious or not, but you you see cards being sold for over six figures and over seven figures, private deals. You even see people, you see a check. Well, so anyone can write a check, take a picture of it and rip the darn thing up. I mean, what is that? That is zero proof in my, in my, in my opinion. But what do people think about that? Is there, how overstated might the market be, the indices of the market be based on shill bids over the last three years? And I don't know the answer. I, mean, we, I don't think anyone knows, but I think some people might have some opinions on that. So I think shill bidding is happening. A lot. 
if I were to make a, a guess right now, I, I, I would say show bidding is probably at its height right now because of the market, because of where everybody's at. There might be some people that really need money hurting. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm not condoning it. Like we've never condoned any of this behavior, but I think right now I would be nervous about auctions if I'm on eBay. Well, I think now, yeah, you might be right. I think now is the riskiest time yeah. to be shill bidding because the market's been trending down for so long. You're, I think you're most likely now than ever to win your own auctions if you are shill bidding because you have a lot less comfort that there's going to be a higher bid now than there was in 2020 and 2021 when prices just kept on going up. I think you could have been more comfortable back then shill bidding. Now I think it's riskier. And maybe, you know, listen, we see the same cards getting listed over and over and over again on various marketplaces. Are those because they're they were they were shilled up and not paid for, in which case bad, unethical, don't do it, that's fraudulent? Or is it because some other reason. Um, you know what? There's an, here's, here's one thing that I've recently learned. There are some consignment sellers that if a buyer doesn't pay within four or five days, they, 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 they uh, delete the list. They, they, what's the word I'm looking for? They cancel the, they cancel the transaction and they relist it. That's it. They cancel it and relist it because it wasn't paid within their terms. I think a lot of people who are watchdogs looking for this might mistake some of those for unpaid shill bids. When really, some people just don't pay for five days or six days for whatever reason. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but that's, I'm just giving a plausible reason why some items may be relisted. Now, if it happens and happens and happens, I think we have to ask more questions. But if it happens once, I think it's, I think you can, you can maybe attribute it to that. I'm not saying you can all the time. I'm just saying that's a plausible reason for it. Want to go to some comments, Dennis? Yeah, we can go go to some comments. I do want to talk about how to recognize if you're being shilled. What are the what are the uh, the red flags? I mean, I think a lot of us know the zero feedback, but there's probably other ones too. And I'd love to hear the community chime in on that piece as well. We can talk about it. Well, one of the, I think one of the most one of the most telling signs is when you look at one of these low feedback bidders and you look at their and uh, this is this might not work either, but you look at their percentage of their bids with the same seller. If you're bidding. 80% plus with the same seller over a course of years, maybe you're doing that. Maybe you're shilling your own auctions, that your own consigned items that way. However, you have to understand there are cases where there are some people that will only bid with certain sellers because that's who they like to do business with. So mm -hmm. it's not foolproof, but I yeah. think it's definitely a red flag that needs right. further investigation. So but I, but it's not foolproof. And we see a lot of content out there where people look at some of this evidence because it's not evidence unless you can prove it, but they think it's evidence, but it's not provable evidence. It's not indisputable. It's uh, a lot of, a lot of people approach this as guilty until proven innocent. And I mean, that's the way a lot of people are. That's fine, but it's not foolproof that way is, is all I'm saying. Um, yeah. Comment from Ricky House right now. I, Ricky says, I haven't bid on any eBay auction in years because of shill bidding. I only use a buy it now. See, I wish I could do that, but the cards I want aren't always just a buy it now. So I have to bid on cards if I want the cards and I have to be able to tolerate being shilled 
at the shill, whatever the shill rate is. What's the shill rate out there? We, we're, you know, we've kind of kind of danced our, our bit around that, Dan. It's like, is it 2%? Is it 5%? Is it 25%? Is it 51%? I, I have no idea. I think it's lower, but it's I definitely think, up percent. I think it's, I, I would, I would say 25% could be, and I think it depends on the card too. I think you start, you have to start getting into the type of cards that would be shielded, right? I, I don't, I don't know. We have a, you know, there's a lot of, there's so many comments, my friend. I don't know if you want to dive into some of these or just, I'll just, I'll just run through a bunch of them here. Run through a bunch of them. We got such great, great see comments. What people are saying. So I'm at, I'm at the 843 mark. Uh, when, and <laughs> I'm, I'm four minutes old on comments right now. Yeah. Lon Bingman says uh, cards lately are like mountains and valleys just because a card is 5k doesn't mean it's going to sell for that every time. That's a great point too. That's the different. market is volatile. It depends on who the seller is, what their feedback is, what time it's listed, and how many people have eyes on it that day. People travel. People are on airplanes. There's all sorts. People forget to bid. I do it all. I did it today. I forgot to bid on the card I wanted. It sold for $8.50, and I forgot to bid. Like, God, it was almost well, there's free. And there's multiple platforms, too. There's not just eBay. There's there's so many. It, it dilutes the market. It dilutes everything down. So, yeah, it's, yeah. It, comps are difficult to trust. Mike says, I, I'm sorry, haven't heard all the context. What is the ethical? There is no ethical artificial bidding. Uh, we've Zero. never, there is none, Mike. Uh, not on, not on this, not during this show, at least. Uh, Mike Pacman says, my biggest issue is when buyer doesn't pay on eBay and me as a seller can't even leave negative feedback. And all I can do is lose out money plus at least another two weeks until it sells it. Great point, Mike. Like that is bad. That That is a, a poor policy. And when eBay took away leaving negative feedback for for buyers, I think um, I think that was I just I need to hear their full rationale for it because right now my brain says that was a bad move, a bad for the sports card world. That was a bad move. Maybe the whole Absolutely. world. I haven't thought about that, but maybe for the whole world too. Iconic baseball. I've never bid and win and won an auction on eBay and not. Sorry, I'm going to start over. I've never bid and won an auction on eBay and considered myself a victim chilling or not i think that's a good mindset because otherwise you'll drive yourself crazy and stop bidding on items like we saw earlier with somebody and but that's hey everyone please proceed as you want we're not here to tell you how to bid uh as the way you want uh roan wood based on lagging market chilling has escalated that's consistent with what you were thinking earlier dennis dave snyder says i'm saying it's up to us as a community to police the hobby if you are caught in a negative we can't allow an offender back in the community we, do we have those tools and controls at our disposal, Dave? I don't know. Like, I think I all know. we have is public shaming. And if we're going to do that, we have to be, we have to have the evidence to back it up. Otherwise we are, you know, throwing guilty people in, in jail sort of thing. You just need good evidence. Um, you know, being, being falsely accused of something is, is a horrible thing for people. Yeah. Uh, Dave says we, we keep allowing offenders back in the community. Tom Grant says shield bidding affects all collectors. The top of the market helps to shift the lower tiers. That, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point, Tom. Uh, chasing majors, as long as there's auction houses like eBay's like eBay that exists, shill bidding will be relevant. If people face if faces or actual names were associated with the shill bids, uh, that would that would decrease them. I mean, but listen, that's where we are. We're just like this show right now. We have a bunch of anonymous people in the chat. We know some of you, but we don't know all of you, and that's the way the internet works. That's the nature of the internet and this global economy. Unfortunately, it's just the way it is. So again, I always say, don't bid more than you're willing to pay. Because if you're going to get shilled, at least you didn't pay more than you wanted to pay. Now, I'm not I'm not I, saying it's okay. 
Obviously, I, why would I say that? I, I'd be an idiot. I'm not saying oh, it's okay. Yeah, everybody, everybody in the room, raise your hand when you that you 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 follow, follow that logic perfectly. I mean, oh, this is an, this is the amount I'm willing to pay. But will you pay 150 or 200 dollars more to get the card you haven't seen in three years? You've been coveting for how long? I mean, I guess that's kind of tough. I mean, you got to have discipline. I get that. And I'm sure I'm going to get a Tom Grant comment about not spending more money and I shouldn't feeding my kids. Don't worry, Tom. I do. Don't worry. Don't worry. I appreciate your concern. But uh, I think a lot of us will sometimes get excited. You know, we'll go ahead and we'll spend a little bit more. You know, we just we do. It's it happens. I, 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 I or I'm the only one, I guess. I guess I'm the only one that does it. I highly doubt I am. You, you know, if it's a kind of if it's a card you really want, sometimes you kind of push the limit on the on the amount you're going to spend. Right. You change your mind or, or am I in the in the the am i alone there I, I if i understand what you're saying i think you were sort of you were on the same page as me there and just saying like yeah don't overspend manage your spend within your budget spend within what you bid within what you think a card is worth and if you are going to get shilled i mean that's i think listen like it's one of those things it, it's part of this hobby and if you are that um if you are that concerned and, and if it's going to ruin your mood and may put and make you unhappy and bitter at this whole hobby and it ruined the hobby, get out of the hobby, do yourself a favor. Don't allow, don't stand in front of a gun. Don't stand in front of a train. Like why would you put yourself in front of a moving train? Get out of the way, get out of the hobby. If you don't want to ever, ever, ever get shilled on an item that you are bidding on, because I trust me, you will. It's it's a numbers game, as we said earlier. Same thing goes with same thing goes for trimmed cards. Same thing goes for sh uh, fake patches. I guarantee we all have some of these. If you've got a collection of more than a few cards, you probably got a trimmed card in your collection. You probably got a fake patch in your collection. But what are you going to do? Stop collecting altogether? Well, maybe, maybe. I mean, I've actually stopped collecting a certain type of card because I don't want any fake patches. But I'm not going to stop buying every card I want because I'm scared of shell bidding. I'm going to uh, only bid what I want to bid. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I understand your sentiment on that, but I feel like if if you, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I can completely get behind that because you get out of the hobby if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen basically is, is kind of, and I know you're not necessarily saying that, but. But what's your alternative, Dennis? What's your alternative then? Shift your buying practices. To How what? are you going to buy now? Okay, buy it now. Best offer, work that out. You're going to have to be way more patient. You're not going to get all the cards you want. Stay away from options. What if it's the last card you need for a set? What if it's the last letter for a one of, for a nameplate, like my nameplate right there? That Those are nine one-of-ones. I waited. It took me years to find them all. Finally found them. That last one, I put in a bid. If I was shilled, I was shilled. I, and it, honestly, I didn't care. I put in a bid of $1,000, and I think I got the card for 250 Someone could have easily shilled me up to $9.99 and I would have had to pay a thousand. I would have paid for that card and forgotten about it because I well, needed the card. But that's different. I guess for that particular card, you're willing to take that risk. And at that point, then you know it is what it is, right? But it's but, up to everybody to decide on what card, what risk they're willing to take. That's right? what I say. That, and that, that's what I say. That's what I say. I just say you don't have to get out yeah. of the hobby. Just you know, learn a lesson, know what's out there, be aware, be aware of the sharks that are swimming about in the ocean before you jump in and take a swim. Exactly. Be, yeah, you know, that, that's a great point. Be informed, understand the environment that we are in, understand that this is happening and proceed accordingly. Sometimes you're going to say, listen, I got a bid on that card because I want the card. I don't care what it costs me. Sometimes you're going to say, ah, 
you know what? I'm I'm not I'm going to bid 85% of the last comp because this card is not that rare. There's going to be another one 2 days from now or 2 weeks from now. So that's kind of, you know, where you can you can be more patient. But if it's a rare card that you really want or need that only comes up once a year, once every 2 years, you're probably more prone to being to being shilled. Uh, when well, you're looking to buy an you item. Might be, I'm going to go back to when you said you set a limit of what you're going to spend. Okay, talk about that particular card. Talk about that last nameplate. Yeah, you're going to have your number, but you know what? I don't, I'm not going to see this card for a while. So sometimes you get a little excited and spend more. That's why, and Tom Grant alluded to that, that's why auctions are meant, are there for the, for people to spend more money. It's, it's you're, you're looking for that behavior. You've got a person who's excited to own the card. There's an adrenaline. There's a dopamine rush you get as you're going for it at the very end, right? Sometimes you're looking at the card, you've been watching it for six days. You kind of want it, but you're just waiting to see where the price is at. And holy cow, it's actually, I think it's pretty low. You know, you, then you're then you're going in there and you're not talking about sniping too. That's a whole nother conversation. Sniping, someone who comes in, there's a, a shiller to snipe at the very end, maybe yourself, not yourself on your own card, but you know, there's a price protect where someone's shilling in there or going in there in the last minute and sniping a, a, a one up. Guys, get, people get engaged because they see the price down low and, all oh, this is affordable. I think I'm going to steal here. So you get caught up in that sometimes. And all of a sudden, your number goes away. I don't. I like to think everybody's disciplined and has this number in their head. I'm never going to go above this. It's important to do that. But I think a lot of folks don't. I think a lot of folks get excited. They get passionate. And they sometimes make a decision. And they, they go for it. They spend more than what they, they originally thought they were going to spend on a card. And that's yeah, where we, it's we, can get, we can get carried away in the excitement. Yeah. And that yeah. and that's when you're prone to being victim. So you really need to think about your behavior and try and control it. Maybe spend some time meditating so you don't get too excited at the end of the, the auctions at the end of the day sort of thing. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's let's do let's run through a few more comments here. Uh, Mike Pacman, shield bidding is bad when it comes to comps. Goes, okay, sorry guys, I gotta un, I gotta remember to unstar these. Uh, Bobby Burrell said there is no panacea for shield bidding. There was little to no remuneration for the customers in the Mastro fiasco. Bid what you were willing to pay. Call it a day. Don't stress over it if you are shield. Uh, Jeff Hart says in another sorry is another form of shield bidding for someone to set a high bid and genuine bidders bid up the item. And then the shiller cancels the high bid and makes someone else the top bidder seem to have. Yes, that's a shill because you bid without intending to pay. That is a shill bid, Jeff. I believe. I believe that's a shill bid. And don't do that, people. Don't do that. Only bid if you are going to pay. Now, there are cases where you have to cancel a bid because, you know, you, uh, your car breaks down. We see we see all those excuses. But <laughs> one out of 100 of those might actually be uh, real. A very small percent of those are probably real. Philly Joe says, I agree. Pay what you're willing to pay. No more. Dave Snyder says, Jeremy, cybersecurity forensics has the information in the packet level data. Well, then somebody should probably get them that information into the public domain because it's of no use if that's where it is at the packet level uh, and or, you know, for the forensic uh, people to, to have access to it. That, that's really of no help, but at least it's out there, I guess, uh, maybe Maybe that information can be um, what's it called in the legal profession when when information is uh, called in. I forget the term, but uh, I, anyway. I don't know. Yeah, lawyer, someone lawyer can can let us know. But you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, okay, boy, you guys are on fire with the comments, and I would love to yeah. get to all of them. Of course, Rob Sonier says one way to stop this: every auction you win, you're deducted twenty percent as soon as the auction ends, no matter if you pay or not. See, I love this kind of solution. Where, yeah, where you have to have like a credit card on file 
and you, you know, but then again, your credit card company is probably going to give you an out for something like that too. I never received it. Why would I like, it's tough, but then you got to get the credit card companies on board, but maybe there is a solution in there, Rob. And I do like, I do like that as a, as a potential way to, uh, to curb it for sure. Uh, what does Tom Grant say here? Shill bids are also a signal to you that others also highly value the card when in fact you're the only one that values that card that highly. Shill bids also signal to you that others also Yeah, that's like a, my brain kind of hurts reading that one. Uh, yeah, is- I think he's just saying that, that that it's it's it sends a signal to people, other people watching the item, that the card is more desired because you got fake bids out there. So now you're thinking, oh, this is an important card or this is a, a desirable card. When it's and then the herd mentality kicks oh, in. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get I think, it, it. It's manipulation. I think that, I mean, I guess you should, uh, that goes back to a whole other conversation of like, you know, you have a focus on what you're collecting. If you're just buying, the, the, you're just bouncing around buying stuff left and right, then you know, you need to reevaluate that. I mean, that's kind of on you a little bit there too, right? But yeah. you're not listening to, to, you know, the latest, you know, whoever's telling you what to buy. You shouldn't be doing that anyway. Um, when you're focused on your collection, though, that's I think it's less likely you're less likely to get hurt with this stuff if you're really focused on what you're collecting. So you you don't you know, I, I don't know. Well, here's I could a, be wrong with that, too. I know it's it's so funny, right? Like Art. there's so many ways to look at this, Dennis. And uh, we just hit the hour mark. We'll go for another 30 or so because we were we have to with this topic and with all the topics so far and taking stock. But but it's like every comment makes you think about it a little bit of a different way. And that's why we're doing this. We're just trying to make everybody, we're trying to not make, but help everybody think about this and just and educate and alert and, you know, understand what's going on in our, in this environment. Tyler has a nice comment, a, a good comment. How about the dilemma of publicizing your PC or want list on something like Instagram? You may have someone help you, or you may be a shill target, double-edged sword, I've definitely been shilled because of that. And Tyler, I've had that exact same reservation about putting out cards that I need for a set I'm working on and saying, hey, here's what I want. But then I thought to myself, well, there's a card. There's actually a set I'm working on right now, Dennis. It's a 101 card set. I've got like 35 of them. And what I was thinking of doing was putting a, a, a need list on a like an Instagram story post, but also putting what I'm buying them for. Here's what I'm offering if you have them. That way, that's what I'll... People know what I'll bid, but but now that's double-edged sword too because they'll say, oh, that card's on eBay. Jeremy's willing to pay $40 for it. I'm going to bid 38 and get him up to at least 39 It's a it's a, it's a tough uh, tough thing to do. And it kind of, I think Tyler's thinking that way. I've thought that way. I'm sure other people are not getting as many cards as they would like to in a completely ethical fashion. Nice two, two well-intentioned parties because you're just scared to put out there what you're looking for. Who are these people? That's what I want to know. Who are these people? Are they part of our hobby? One of the things I love about coming into this hobby is it's only been a few years. And a lot of you guys have been doing this for many, many years. I, have no, I make no bones about how I'm a novice and all this. But I love the community. I've got friends all over the, all over the country and other countries. Wonderful people. There are so many great people in this hobby. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people. A lot of people. You look at some of the followers and some of these accounts and IG and YouTube. There's a lot of great people in the hobby. Who are these people that are out there we have to worry about? That's what I always wonder. I, I, I always start thinking about it. Okay, where are they at? I, are they just people and you know sitting behind you know in dark rooms and some you know this is all they do is sit here and just manipulate? Who are who are no. these bad actors? Where are they at? I wish I just that's I'm always wondering that. They need to have 
someone needs to have a good reason, I think, to shill an item unless either you have a copy yourself and you want to drive up the price and you're not intending to pay for it or it's your own item. Thank you, Roan Wood. I just saw subpoenaed. Thank you very much, Roan. I was uh, brain slipping on that one. But uh, Dave Snyder says all platforms have that data. I got to challenge you on that, Dave Snyder, because, yeah, you might have the data on where the bids are coming from, but you don't, you can't always match them up. And I don't want to give anybody any, like, good reasons but if you think it through sure i can i can i can send a card to a consignment seller and then i can bid on that card yeah the platform is going to know that i did that and if they know that it's my card they can make that match but all i have to do yeah. i don't want to give any tips out there and get anyone thinking to do this but all you really have to do is call your buddy two states over and say hey and maybe that person is a collector, isn't a collector, doesn't matter. But shilling, you you can shill, you can still be as unethically shill bidding, but have someone else do it for you. How, and this is where I think we're really at risk. We can really be victims is how do we stop that? How do we stop that? I don't know. I don't know how you stop it. You, no, I, how do you prove it? How do you prove it? I mean, that's got to be, I think that's where, I think, because listen, if you're shill bidding your own items, you're you're just you're just you have a low IQ. Like you're you're just you're really stupid, or you just have a you have a thrill for risk. So if you're shilling your own items on on eBay, you're an idiot. If you're shilling your own items on a with on an eBay consignment seller or any other marketplace, you're an idiot. You're you're taking a big risk. But if you're if you're having someone else do it for you, maybe you've got a a, a crew. Well, now you're. Now you're committing fraud and you're involving other people. And I hope you end up uh, paying the paying the penalty, whatever that might be. But I think it's going to be hard to catch those people, unfortunately. But Dave, I hear what you're saying. They have that data, but they don't have a complete data set, unfortunately. And that's too bad. Um, Lon here says, sometimes I'll see an auction I want with no bids. I'll send a message to the person asking for a price to sell before the first bid. I mean, I think some people don't. Some people who want that card too are going to be upset, but hey, if you're there, right place at the right time, um, at least you're going to avoid being shilled. Uh, the professor says, Dennis makes a good point. Shilling may manipulate your emotions. Is that fair or not fair? If it's shilling, professor, it's not fair. It's not good. It's immoral. It's unethical. It, it can be, it, it's fraud. So it's fraud. don't do it. Don't Period. do it. You're an idiot. Remember, like this, Jeremy, we should probably, we should just end the episode right there with Jeremy. You're just an idiot, okay? If you do it, you're an idiot. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Yeah. Well, here, look, okay. Now here's the complete, here's another take. Look at Mookie Chilson's take here. I consider shield bidding an unwritten tax on the hobby. I would rather not pay it, but if the cost of having an open and unregulated, but if it, it's the cost of having an open and unregulated market, so be it. Sometimes I felt that exact same way. Listen, I am willing to continue transacting in this marketplace called this unregulated marketplace called our hobby because it's like I'm willing to buy graded cards knowing that one out of every, what, 100,000 are going to be trimmed. I'm willing to take that risk because I want the darn cards. It's my life. I'm, I've been doing it my whole life. I'm not going to stop now because there's some people that are trying to ruin it for me. Uh, I, I, I think it's, yeah, it's part of the game. Fortunately, it's it pisses me off, right? I think we're spirited. We have spirited feelings about it, but I think it's still part of the game. Um, there's a, there's a Tom Grant question or Tom Grant comment there. He, I think he's talking about how, you know, people are nice guys and, you know, they tend to be crooks in the community or you have wife, kids, isn't me or cook. Well, I'm definitely an a Pollyanna guy here, Tom. I, I, I deal with a lot of stuff. 
So I understand how, how the world works and how people here. Yeah. I, I think, yes, I think there are bad actors out there and there's people that you can, you know, maybe people you thought you could trust that are, I get that, you know, I, I try to look at the positive and, you know, not, you know, look at everybody as the next Enron, you know, I, or every company is the next Enron. I've run to write big businesses in my, my line of work. And, you know, you have to think about that from a credit perspective, but you're not necessarily going down that path. I think my pump, my comment was, it's like, I, I just wonder the underbelly of this, this hobby, you know, it, there seems to be so many people that can't stand this. It's like, where are these people at? I, I just, it's hard to imagine there, you know, all these people that are, that are, that are well-known in the hobby or are committing fraud regularly. We're just going to find out later. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I don't know if that's Pollyanna attitude, but maybe it is. Well, Sorry. okay. Let's uh us sports cards. How do you guys feel about sniping software or programs that allow those last second bids? Personally, I have no issue with them. I mean, I, I, I do it manually. I've never, I've, I, I shouldn't say never. I tried one of those probably in, 2000 2001 whenever they came out oh it's convenient i can set my snipe i don't have to do it manually and risk forgetting but <clears throat> i quickly stopped maybe tried that two or three times and now i just manually put in my bid with five four three two seconds left whatever if i if i can manage it, whatever i'm doing in my world at that time so i don't personally have an issue with sniping software if you know if that if you if you're gonna be on an airplane you want to set a snipe set a snipe that's what you want to pay. That's when you want to put your bid in. I don't have an issue with it personally. and if, But I'm open to suggestion to maybe why I should. But personally, right now, in my current state of thought, I don't have an issue with it. Um, okay. It's part of auctions. That's the way it goes. Uh, Carlos B. Good says, Every, all eBay accounts should be forced to be linked to a phone number using a two-way authentication link to, link to Facebook and Instagram. Also, credit card on profile should be obligatory. Yeah. I like that. He said it would screw shield bidders very bad. Well, yes and no. There's there's such an easy workaround, though. Hey, I'm going to phone up my... Hey, Dennis, it's Jeremy. How's it going? Good, Jeremy. Hey. Um, good. Yeah, good. So listen, there's a card coming up on on uh, on a consignment seller on, on eBay, and um, it's my card, and I don't want to let it go for under 100 bucks. You mind throwing in a $95 bid, Dennis? Oh, you bet. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks. So, like, that is unstoppable. Unfortunately, I don't see how that, unless Dennis rats me out, recorded that conversation and rats me out. And Dennis, if I ever make that phone call to you, rat me the F out, please. <laughs> I got I'm, I deserve to be out of the hobby if I would ever do that. And everyone out there deserves that as well, I believe. Uh, Dave Snyder says, no, Jeremy, each computer has a binary signature. Well, unless we're talking about different things, Dave, that doesn't matter. That doesn't help the cause. It still doesn't allow you to catch a shill bidder. Uh, all shill bidders, I should say. It will make you catch the stupid ones, but not the smart ones, unfortunately. And that's just that's just too bad, right? Um, U.S. Sports Card says, I think there are a lot of folks who have experienced issues with financial leverage and liquidity and desperate times make generally good people act desperately. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. I mean... I mean, there could be just people that I guess like it gets it gets back to my point. I mean, you know, the underbelly of the hobby is the underbelly of the hobby. Some people that are very notable and people know about, you know, we're not going to talk about people and names. I, I refuse to do that. Um, I know Jeremy feels the same way. It's not the way we're going to be, you know, acting. But um, you, you sometimes maybe you do have to wonder about that. I mean, there's stuff that kind of makes you kind of wonder. Right. But again, uh, you're all you vote with your wallet. With all of this, you vote with your wallet. 
either you're going to use certain platforms you trust and feel good about, or you're going to you know do your due diligence to make sure you feel like you're spending the proper amount of money on a card. You decide how much money you should spend on a card. You do all that analysis. At the end of the day, we're all grown men and women. We make these decisions ourselves. Uh, we have to live with them. It is what it is. And like you said, once you play, you play. You have to be open to the fact that this stuff might happen. I think that's what we're talking about on Taking Stock. And obviously, everybody has an opinion on it. I, I think most of us fall in the camp of it's unethical and you know, borderline, you know, it, it's unethical shilling itself on your own card is criminal, but there's all, there's lots of, there's lots of gray areas, Jeremy, of what I'm discovering in this conversation. There's a lot of gray areas in this and that's interesting to me. Yeah. I th think that that's life and that's marketplaces and business and commerce and uh, ethics, right? I mean, ethics are, are debatable a lot of the time and not everyone's going to agree. I think, I think you and I, generally agree like where where you can draw a line I, th I think we all in this chat i think where everyone's in agreement here that you know on the on the simple things to agree on shilling is bad it's pretty much unstoppable in our current environment we i've seen some comments saying we need it we need new marketplaces we need this or that well until someone ponies up and invests and creates this marketplace and markets the crap out of it and gets as big as the biggest one being ebay I mean, eBay's eBay is, is just so big, and that's part of the problem. They're so big. Jeff Hart, this is where this is a great comment, and this is something that you gotta you gotta listen to. You build up a resistance to it and are often able to shy away from certain auctions based on gut feeling and past experience. And this is where you have to sometimes just trust your gut. It may not right. be right, but err on the side of caution in that case and trust your gut and say, I think this is a this is shill bid. Well, then it's up to you. Are you still willing to pay the price? Because if you are and you want the card, you have to make that decision. But if you're not, walk away, walk away. But experience, having having a gut feeling can go a long, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> a long way. Uh, Mike Mag says the community needs to hold the platforms accountable to solve the problems of shill bidding. If platforms can't enforce their rules to stop shills, they don't deserve their cut of the market and the fees. Yeah. Agree, completely agree, Mike Mags, but it doesn't mean that they can stop at 100%. And this is this is the problem. This is the the biggest challenge is that this is where this is where we just listen. I, I wanted to say this is where we need to encourage everybody to be good. Well, what am I a, a naive idiot? Like that's not gonna that's not gonna work. There's always gonna be bad actors. There's always gonna be there's money involved, guys. There's always gonna be people doing this. Some of your best friends who you think are the best people in the hobby might be doing it. I'm not saying they are, but they might be doing it because, because they might have a relative who's not in the hobby, who's 87 years old and doesn't have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, none of it. Maybe doesn't even have a, a smartphone. Well, they have to have access to the, to the market. So they have to have some way to get on, on, on there and they can go place a bid. Like it's, if someone wants to make it happen, I think they're going to make it happen in any, in any marketplace with any sorts of controls in place. I think this is, this is the problem with uh, with the global economy and the and the online marketplaces. You don't know who you're up against, and the marketplaces don't know who they're dealing with a lot of the time, especially the big ones. And you got a lot of people here that are throwing up, like you know, why aren't you, you know, if you want to know who these people are, why aren't you naming names um, on a platform like this? I'll, I'll just be perfectly honest with all of you. I represent a publicly traded company, and. Um, I'm a senior executive at that company. And so, you know, I am very careful about what I say. Um, 
because it, I, I don't just represent myself. I represent my family. I represent that that company, that business. So I'm accountable to that. So and I don't have any proof. I'm not going to say anything. And if going off intuition or gut feelings or what people are telling me, that's just not enough. And I also feel like, you know, that I leave that for the people that that are professionals that, that can make those those distinction, you know, distinction between someone who's, you know, a bad actor and someone who's not. And, you know, I just I'm just never going to touch that. I don't know. Jeremy, you I don't know if you even want to comment on that. I, I'm, that's just not something I'm looking for these. For, I don't see these comments that you're referring to. Well, there's a couple uh, of them here. There's, you know, like they're they're naming off names of people and, and stuff like that and you know tom's and you're saying well why don't you just you know bring it out and just say it if you oh, want i see yeah if i'm just i'm name, just responding to that is it all. is it this one here if you won't name names and what is the point i mean tom if you don't see the point of this episode you're welcome to go like if you don't see the point of this we don't need you here buddy um and uh and and simple as that there are enough content creators out here that that throw accusations out willy-nilly without evidence until i have evidence i'm not throwing a name out there we know what goes on. You want to throw names? Have at her. That, that's your style. That's not that's not my style. Uh, but if you if you're gonna ask us to do something that we're not willing to do, I'm gonna ask you to leave uh, my channel and this show. And you can unsubscribe and go away. We don't need you, buddy. At least I don't. That's that. that those are my feelings on it. Uh, Rob Sonier says this is why I love the national no shill bidding. That's a great that's a great sort of take, right? If you want to, if you want to go, if you don't want to buy on eBay. And listen, we are saying eBay because it's representative of everything. And it's unfortunate. And I, I, if anyone from eBay is watching right now, I apologize. I'm not singling you out. They're too big for this not to be happening. It's just the way it goes. It's, it's, it's just too bad there. So, but in any event, if you want, if you don't want to be, if you don't want to have risk of being shilled when you're buying cards, go to card shows. You don't have to bid online. And then don't look online because you might see something you really want, and then you're not gonna, you're not going to be able to buy it because you're too scared or you're too concerned that you might be being shilled, and you don't want to you don't want to be up against the risk of being shilled. So you have to. I mean, but buy buy off buy offline. That is an option for some people for sure. Right. Uh, okay. What else we got here? Oh, Tom Petty says. Uh, Mike says Tom is one of the best contributors on youtube period tom who thank you for the comment tyler says fun fact in market movers we remove zero buyer feedback bids from our data oh this is tyler from uh, market movers from the sports card investor uh from sports card investor he says fun fact in market movers we remove zero feed zero buyer feedback bids from our data by default but allow users to see it if they want to a nice perk to hopefully hide shills from comp data I think that I think that's a, a fair approach right there. I don't really think there's yeah. any uh, any issue with that. I mean, if you're gonna yeah. give people the ability to see it, at least you can now. I, I like that they allow you to see it if you want, because it allows you then to understand the the magnitude of shill bidding or potential shill bidding. Right. And even by removing a zero feedback bidder, it also removes the the extreme novice, the extreme beginner from maybe making bids on cards that wouldn't reflect market value so uh okay what else we got here mike petty says take fake stock lol whatever 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 you think mike petty whatever you think kubi says market movers just got more interesting okay well that i'm at the bottom of the comments right now for the first time yeah 
I'm good. I, I'm I, I think this is uh for all these build dominant marketplaces. eBay have a financial incentive to stop show bidding. Mookie has a pretty good question down there. I, I don't I don't know. I, I here's what I say. I, I don't. Yes, the answer is yes. I think they people always say that they don't have they don't have incentive because it drives up prices, which drives up their uh, their fees. So on that in that if that's if that's their position, well then I think it's a little short sighted because things do change over time. Like eBay is is the behemoth right now, but things do change over time. And if you want, if they want to be around in 25 years, I think they have to protect their community as much as possible. So do they have a financial incentive to stop it? I think they do. I mean, we know that they do what they can. I think they do invest money into having controls in place to curb it. But maybe in the back of their minds, they're thinking, ah, it happens. We're, we're making more money. So, you know, we're only going to spend our budget on, on curbing it right now. I don't know. Well, here, Mike Mags jumps in here and says the incentive is there for platforms to fix this because there's always a competitor building in the background. That's what I was just saying. That's what I was just saying. So I think that I think that makes sense. Uh, Skeppy says targeting zero feedback is decades old for shill bidding. Fake accounts are way beyond this. I mean, that's. But how like are, so you're are, is what Skeppy saying here is that people are building up feedback into the hundreds and then starting to shill. I mean, probably. Right. I mean, go buy 100 cards for 99 cents. And now you've got a you got a non zero feedback uh, account that you can shill with, perhaps. So I, I think that when we start going down this road, it just makes it pretty obvious that, you know what, it, like you said, it is, it's in the water. You know, it's like you can't, I, I, I'll use that shark example. You can't go swimming in the ocean where you, there's known to be sharks and you're going to always take that risk. Is it going to probably happen? Probably not. But there's a risk that it could. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to go too crazy with the analogy, but I think that you have to you have to take that into consideration whenever you, you're in an auction. Is It could be shilled. You just never know. And if all of these red flags can be explained away, you know, someone who's just starting, someone who's built it up by buying a bunch of small cards, someone who's calling their friend, you know, a couple provinces away or a couple states away, someone who's, you know, I don't know. I just think it's just, all that behavior is going to exist. It's just, it's almost part of it, right? It kind of comes back to that. I think we circle, become full circle to the point where it's like, well, what are you going to do? You know, yeah, you just have no, to be mindful yeah. that it exists and, and hope that it doesn't happen to you, but I'm sure it will, right? Exactly. Dave Snyder, Jeremy, you're right not to name names. You don't need the liability. Well, it's not even about the liability. It's, it's more like I don't like to falsely accuse unless I have evidence of it. Um, and Tom Grant says, okay, good luck. And Tom, listen, if, if you're still there and I misunderstood your comment, I apologize for going off on you. But at the same time, you know, I'll do what I do and you can do what you do. I mean, that's that's uh, that's that's as... That's the free world. I can bid as I want to bid and we can all, everyone can transact. You can all go in through this life the way that makes the most sense to you. I and think yeah. there's a lot of, and, and just to kind of compound on that statement, or I, I think it's, you know, obviously I, I'm not just saying that and again, I, I'm with you, Jeremy. I, it's not just about, you know, I work for this, you know, I, I don't want to be, I don't, that's something I'm very passionate about. I think in this hobby, I've seen it over the past however many you know years I've been watching it now. I mean, especially online. It, people are quick to jump on and say things about folks. And I think it could be very damaging to people's lives, livelihoods, all kinds of things. And I think you just got to be really careful. Um, that's why another reason why I don't do it. I also I represent Dustin and his, his awesome channel. And he's you know gracious enough to allow me to do stuff here. And so I take all that into consideration and Jeremy and, 
You know, I just think that it's the topic is the topic. You know, there's lots of there's lots of things that people can think, but I think the topic is scary enough <laughs> without going down with who's responsible for it. I, yeah, so I think I might open that can of worms by going. And there's a lot of great people in the hobby. Like who are, who's actually doing this stuff? So with that, I do apologize if I've opened a can of worms there that we really couldn't put a put a lid back on. But anyway, well, that's okay. Listen, I mean, I'm I'm always going to uh, going to state my my case and uh, and and ex, and ex, just you know do what I do. And, uh, and, uh, if, if anyone has an issue with it, like I said, you know, you don't, and this isn't, I'm not trying to be rude or mean, but if you don't like me or my takes, don't watch, like, I don't watch stuff. I don't like, I'm not, I'm not asking, I'm not, I'm not forcing you to be here. That That's all I'm saying. And, um, I think everybody can, can understand that position. Simple as that. Uh, yeah. Jeff Hart says it is unfortunate. Some decent eBay consignment services get a bad reputation when so much of this is out of their control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's uh that, that's an issue. I, I covered last night the, for the first time I covered the MC sports MC Mondays, Mike Kantz. Uh, a lot of people know him very reputable uh, dealer in our hobby. And we did a live auction ending watch party last night. And someone in the chat asked Mike in, in your business, how do you deal with, with, um, with shill bidding with your clients? And he, I'm not going to re I'm not going to paraphrase. So I'll mess it up, but you can go watch it's on my channel and see what he said, but it's, it's a challenge for all these people that have these businesses. And I think they do as I think they do as best they can, but they can't kill all of it. Unfortunately, it's just, there's too many, there's too many kind of ways around it. And that's just, that's just too sure. bad. It's really just too bad. Um, what is this? Here's a comment. Uh, 808 SS Camaro consigners can choose to prevent accounts with less than a certain feedback from bidding on their auctions. And yet they don't, they are as guilty of shill bidding. I don't agree with that 80. I mean, I'm not saying that it's, it's not like not every, what did you say here? Less than a certain feedback. If you are not stopping certain feedback from bidding, you are guilty as shilling. I can't get behind that. I understand the sentiment but I can't get behind that completely. I think, uh, but you know, I guess, I guess if you really want to, if you really want to, because as we just said, you can be a shill bidder and have 200 feedback or 4,000 feedback. Like it, it's not, that's not the, uh, it's gotten more sophisticated than just low feedback accounts as has been pointed out uh, earlier. So what do you think about that, Dennis? Should you, should we as sellers on eBay be blocking buyers with lower than an X amount of feedback? I, I don't know. I, I always, for my, my issues have been people that have asked me to remove bids. I block them. Um, folks that have paid, I block them. Um, you know, I, that's another whole topic. I, folks that, that win an auction and you wonder if it's price protection or it's been shill bid or what, what, it, what it is, but I've had, I can't, I can count. I, I mean, probably 20, 30 cards that I've sold in the last eight months weren't paid for on eBay. Some have higher, high feedback rating. Some have low. That's a lot. Um, that's a lot of non-payment. I mean, I'm talking four days, no communication, nothing. Um, having to relist. And there was a comment earlier about how, what about these count, these cards you have to relist over and over again, cause they're not paying. Yeah. That's happened to me a lot. So I don't know if they just found out who I was and let's go target this guy. But, uh, yeah. And then they're, they're decent cards too, but that's frustrating. So I don't know what's going on there. I always kind of figure it's price protection. People are just trying to keep that price up there in that comp, but uh, I could be wrong. Maybe they're just totally fraudulent. don't care, but uh, it's weird to me why people are doing that. 
whole other I know that's a whole other conversation, I think. Kind of stems from this, but it's a whole other conversation of non-payers on eBay. But then just sell somewhere else, right? That's 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 the solution. Why you sell there yeah. anymore? So we got uh, Brent in the house, deep value investor. Uh, glad to have you. You've missed you've missed an exciting episode so far, Brent. Uh, yeah. You might want to go back and take a look at this one. Yeah, a, lot, says, a zero feedback account could be completely new and willing to pay the most. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, I would not if I really wanted a card and I was a new new to the hobby. Or let's like I've got I've got friends in my life that are like, hey, you know, I hear cards are hot again. You know, I might want to get into it. A buddy of mine just got back into football cards. He used to be a big eBay seller in the in like 2000, 2001. Now he's moved closer to me. We're we're kind of rekindling. He's like, I'm buying football cards again. And he's on eBay. He's sending me pictures of all these cards. You know, I'm like, oh man, you're you're some cards you're buying are good, but some cards you're buying, like, dude, you know, I, I at least I say to him, listen, if you like it, you like it, but if you think it's a, like a good buy or whatever, like, ah, it's not the best card. But anyway, that said, I don't know what his feedback is. But like, if he's got a feedback, if he's just started a new account and his feedback is like a three, and now he's going to be, uh, he's going to be excluded from bidding on certain cards because his feedback's a three. And I were him, I'd be pissed off. I'd be like, what? I can't bid because I just came onto eBay. Screw you, eBay. Why can't I bid on the, on these cards? Well, I mean, that's, that's a legitimate beef for somebody to have at but listen i get the other side too well listen new 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 ebay bidder three feedback bidder i'm sorry you're new but on my account i really take these extra precautions and i and i've sought it off at 100 no one with under 100 feedback can bid on my cards well so be it you know there's always more cards to buy i guess i don't know yeah definitely it's tough. It's yeah, CC. We all started with zero feedback. That is true. Uh, that is true. Although I have heard that some people have bought eBay accounts. Have you ever heard of that, Dennis? I've never heard of that. I was always wondered how how are you supposed to start, right? I've 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 never heard of someone buying an eBay account. I think I have an old one that has quite a few on it. Again, I had to start a new one um, a few years back, and I built it up selling the past like four years. But I had an old one before. I've had, I've had since like two thousand. So it's really old. So uh, there was, yeah, there was this comment uh, right here. Kubi Card said, is there any reason eBay doesn't require a payment to bid? <coughs> they must have some sort of reasoning. But then Tom Newman says, eBay requires payment before you send best offers now. And I noticed that yesterday or the day before when I went to put in an offer, I forget if it was a buy it now or a made an offer, whatever it was. I was like, oh, they're actually making me pay for it right now or else I'm not going to lock down that card. And I yeah. thought that's great. That was actually pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, listen, I think I think we've started to slow down, Dennis. The the, the yeah. comments are now coming in slower. We're 10 seconds away from an hour 30 on the air. You ready to wrap this one up? Let's do it. Let's wrap it. All right, guys. Well, listen, um, thank you for joining Taking Stock Episode 4. The plan is to be back again next week on this same Tuesday, live streaming to both my YouTube channel, the Sports Cards Live YouTube channel, as well as the Sports Card Dad YouTube channel, which is where Mr. DPZ has taken his trade. That's where he's plying his craft on the Sports Card Dad YouTube network now with his collector series and and now taking stock. And uh, we're both glad to bring this to both uh, the audiences. It's funny, Dustin and I both started on YouTube. He started like a month before I did in 2020, 2020. And uh, we've known each other right from the beginning. And uh, you'll notice that, you know, we both have very different content styles. 
Dustin's style is, you know, that five to 15 minute video. My style is that 90 to 120 minute video. So a lot different, but you get, you can get a lot a nice, a nice assortment from both of us. If you're not yet subscribed to either channel, please give a subscribe to sports card dad. If you're watching on the sports cards live channel right now, if you're watching on the sports card dad channel, please go over to sports cards live, throw a sub at us and uh, happy to grow our communities. And um, you know, as long as you can handle it, when I come down, come at you once in a while, which I don't do it very often, but I also am going to stand up for myself and my values. Rob Sonier, thank you very much for the comment. Thank you, Jacob H. Washington representing. Thank you. Thank you, Lon Bingaman, for, for dropping by tonight. Thank you, Carlos. Be good. Thank you, What's Phil. Up, Joe. Thank you, CC. Thank you, Mr. DPZ. Thank you, Mr. Dustin, Sports Card Dad, and everybody. Have a good yeah. night. This episode of Taking Stock is now. It's over. The haze oh. in the barn. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.